All right, in this week's ProfCast for Management 300, I'm going to be tackling a variety of questions, and this first episode is going to be around feedback and communication. So we'll kick it off with our first question, and the person gives us a little bit of context. They say, I think that I could be very biased sometimes when it comes to coworkers that I feel like since I see them every day, I have a certain standard for them. For instance, I know that I work really hard in my jobs, and if I don't see my coworkers, teammates putting in the same effort, I don't want to work or associate with them, but I never confront them about how I feel. How can I go about expressing opinions and expectations of coworkers without sounding entitled? Well, I think there's a difference there, and I'd like to separate the entitlement piece of that. I don't know if you would be sounding entitled. I think that's a little bit of your self-perception in there. I think, though, a conversation is warranted with the, the group. And I think it's probably going to be around what are the standards and expectations of the group and level setting that. So what I would do is um, recognize that, you know, perhaps you're putting in more effort and that's not expected of you. That's expected um, by you. And therefore, they may not even have awareness around what um, what is your expectations or your standards because you haven't had those conversations. So what I would do is apply our five dysfunctions model. Start with what are the results we're, we're going after? Learn about how people are committed to the organization. Um, share how it does make you feel and whatnot. And then from there, um, there needs to be potentially some adjustments. And it could be, it's probably an and both, which means that, you know, perhaps these folks can exert more effort or we can have clarity around what is the expectation of the roles and the performance associated with that. And two is, you know, you may need to rewire a little bit on what is the expectations that you have of them and just hold them accountable for those things. So um, I don't know if it's a bias. And and the other thing that I would say from a leadership standpoint, what we want to work on is that um, nobody else is wired like us and they may not have the same uh, motivations or commitment to the job and whatnot. And where we need to self-regulate on ourselves, and, and I've been in this situation myself, um, is that we can't just cut off and shut off and, and not want to um, work with folks. We need to be able to work our way through with those tough conversations. All right. Our next burning question, our person says, Adam Grant's authenticity is a double-edged sword, is one that really resonates with me because I have been on this quest to find balance when it comes to sharing and not coming off as demanding or revealing. Do you know of any books or techniques that can help people uh, who are well-spoken regulate themselves to avoid offending others? Um, I think that Brene Brown's work on uh, braving and her idea of building trust through the acronym boundaries would be a good one um, because that can give you a little bit of a framework. Um, and I think we need to understand what is uh, considered offensive to others. And, um, and so I think some of the work that we've done this quarter, thanks for the feedback, um, radical candor, as well as uh, the um, tough conversations with uh, Joseph Graney and those types of models can be helpful. At the same time, um, it's about the emotional intelligence work. So Travis Bradbury's 
work and emotional intelligence can kind of give you some ideas and there's an assessment that you can take and it and where I would particularly be looking at would be like social awareness and um, relationship management to understand that perhaps it's not necessarily about what you're saying. It could be about how you're saying it and um, and then looking at different ways to uh, deliver, you know, meaningful feedback and saying, standing your, uh, you know, being your authentic self while getting the results that you're looking for. And that's really, I think the, the goal of what you're trying to accomplish here based on the question is that, um, is that orchestra of creating a symphony around being able to share and be authentic and have that candor while at the same time, um, not turning people off because that doesn't get you the results. So those are a couple of the resources that I would, um, I would, I would uh, lean towards, and then sharing those with people because oftentimes these are done in the vacuum, and you can't give one person the playbook and not the other person expect them know how to know how to run the place. So those would be some some uh, ideas that I would leverage in this burning question. So then the next one around feedback and communication is our our uh, colleague asks, my question this week is how can I stay aware of the way I approach the associates I lead with tasks or requests? I don't want them to see me as someone who simply orders them around. I don't see myself as doing that right now, but I don't know how they truly feel. I want to make sure I never get to the point if I'm not ready. I think there's a, a great piece of vulnerability in that last part of your statement. And that's one of the things I would talk to them about. I would share exactly this statement that you made that you don't want to see, um, you don't want them to see you as someone who simply orders them around. And um, right now you don't see yourself as that, but you wanna know is that their perception of you. And um, so I think that's a conversation. Now, the second part of this is, is around role clarity and accountability and um, expectations and and what is what is it that the group or the people that you're leading are trying to accomplish and that could be the bigger kind of store goals or company goals they could be the shift goals they could be the daily goals they could be just a quick huddle on okay here's what we're going to do today and then the um, a secret little phrase a great one is using the phrase how might we so how invites people, might gives possibility, and we brings in collectiveness. So once you in, invite someone or a group of people to be part of the discussion, and then you give the openness of creation and creativity, might, um, and the we is everybody's in it together, that can um, play wonders in kicking off a, a collective result. So those are some things that I would approach in in this um, in this scenario of you being the uh, the lead and um, and try to le leverage in some of that vulnerability and and what you're trying to strive for with them and um, you know the type of culture that you're trying to build within the group. So hopefully that one will help there. All right, the next one that we're going to tackle in this section is what would be the best way for me to make memorable introductions when meeting new people? Well, I think, um, you know, if we go back to some of the power of moments, I think um, that could be some framework that you could look at to um, create a memorable introduction. I think it's also thinking strategically and critically about 
what is the the memory you want to leave them with and building off of that. So how do you want them to remember you or what do you want them, what do you want to resonate um, with you, you know, with them about you, I should say. And then, um, and then also being mindful of this idea around like the givers, matchers and takers is that um, perhaps the best way to make an introduction is to focus on the other person. And, um, and then I would also reflect back on some of the most memorable introductions that have you've been involved in with other people and use some perspective taking and say, what was it about that person? What was the content? What was the conversation, um, that, um, that, uh, resonated with you? And so, um, maybe breaking up the script a little bit on, you know, hi, I'm so-and-so, uh, what do you do? Here's what I do. Um, and offering up something different but value add and, um, and, and going from there. All right. And this last one is, uh, directed right at me. So I'll do my best to, to tackle as, as vulnerably and as authentically as I can. The, the question is my burning question is, uh, have you professor B tried giving people you work with an information sheet on yourself? If so, how did it work out? I have not done anything formal, like an information sheet about me. Um, I can try to take it a little bit to the classroom. In my early days of teaching, I had kind of an introduction about myself and and tried to provide some information to, but mainly that was to, to try to establish credibility with students. And then I had a little bit of a shift and um, and I never wanted my classes to be about me. I've, I've always felt that one of the challenges in higher education specifically, and, and you know, I'm not going to stereotype at certain types of universities and institutions, but some professors have these egos and it is about them and their class and, and whatnot. And my, my goal has consistently been to make this about you all. And I'm a guide on the side and a facilitator and um, a content curator and a coach and wanting to help you. So I, I started taking stuff out about myself from that standpoint, in terms of working with coworkers, um, I don't know if it was so much an info sheet, but, you know, I had a lot of early success in my career and was put into some very high level positions and, um, and I was very young. And I think for me, um, I, I, I felt a chip on my shoulder that I consistently had to prove myself and my accolades and my performance was, were those things that I think early in my career, I, I leaned on heavily. Now, um, some of the work that the, as our team has been re, re, uh, created with professor Gus coming on board and Ms. Mary butcher coming on board and, uh, professor Harris and I, uh, reorienting the dynamic in our department and the culture shift that we've been doing. I, what we did do was, and it's not so much an information sheet, but we spent a lot of time specifically over the summer and some of the time this fall, um, really getting to know each other as people and having some some good vulnerable conversations about each other and um, and I think you know so it's not so much an information sheet but it is spending the time to cultivate that trust and and start to get that vulnerability and continuing to work on that so um, and how is that working out I think I think we're in a really um, really good place in terms of where the team is set up for success and and to go. Um, I think in our classrooms, 
we're working towards that with vulnerability. Um, I think we're continuing to learn, um, you know, the code, you know, it's, it's like I told one group of students is, is in this kind of zoom hybrid virtual, we're trying to figure it out. And that takes a lot of vulnerability to, um, to know what you were really good at and what you train for and what you practice for. And that's for me being, um, either all online or in through instructional design or through, um, the hybrid model. And, and I, I love being in the hybrid model and now this, you know, online bachelor's level as well as virtual hybrid bachelor's level. That's a, it's been a challenge and it's a learning experience, but I think it goes back to, um, knowing, knowing and sharing and leaving the door open for conversation to, to get better. So that's a little bit of a tangent, but I, hopefully that will, uh, give you some insights. All right, so those wrap that wraps up. I should say um, our feedback and communication profcast. Hopefully, you'll you are going to enjoy these kind of shorter, more uh, thematic versions versus one long form. If not, let me know if you want them long form. Um, always open to your feedback and your ideas as we continue to navigate our way through um, this new era of content creation and uh, education on digital platforms. So um, hopefully you'll check out the, the next episode as well.